You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday final show of the week. But we are celebrating because the Pelicans are going streaking. They've won three in a row now, climbing up to six and nine after starting the season 0-4. Pretty good turnaround. They beat the Phoenix Suns 124-121, a tight game that dragged on at the very end, but it's a victory. We're going to recap it for you in today's show, then talk a bit, little bit more about the game, and then preview the weekend that's coming up, because two more big matchups on the road to the Utah Jazz, then the Los Angeles Clippers, before coming back home for a big Wednesday showdown with the Lakers. That's going to be the focus of next week. We'll get to that, but in the meantime, let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So before we recap the big win for your New Orleans Pelicans, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Only podcasts coming to you Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, where it looks like things are turning around just a little bit. Hit that subscribe button, get caught up on the latest edition of Locked on Pelicans, and please leave a five-star review. does help keep this free in five days a week for you all. I see when those get left, it makes me so happy. Come on, we don't ask for much here, So, but mainly subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. All right, it was a 124-121 victory over a very feisty Phoenix Suns team. A Phoenix Suns team that has been very surprising this year, coached by Monty Williams. So you know they're going to be at least a well-coached team, but he's kind of revamped his offensive philosophy and they've been very difficult to contain with Devin Booker and some of the other guys there. A lot of turnover, but an offense that is tricky and works incredibly, incredibly well. And it did tonight. They put up 121 in this game. But really, it was a second quarter where they raced out to a big lead. They outscored the Pelicans 33-21. to We'll look at what happened to the Pelicans offense during that stretch. It was ugly. But after that, the Pelicans managed just to come out firing. They put up 38 in the first quarter, 36 in the uh, third quarter, and then started the fourth were firing as well. Well, they shot 53.4% on the night. That is a season high for the team. Let's go by the numbers for some of the rest of the guys here. Brandon Ingram, who was quiet in this game um, early on in the first half, going one of six, ends up finishing with a monster game. 28 points on the night, nine of 19 shooting, three of six from deep, got to the line nine times, did most of his work there in the first half. Um, the Pels didn't get really almost any foul calls in the second half. Finished with eight rebounds, five assists, four turnovers. One of those assists was a doozy to just a bullet dart to Kenrich Williams. Did have five fouls, kept him on the bench for a chunk of the third quarter. Came back in in though and managed to not foul out that's big he had a big game really in the second half and was the guy the pelicans went to to close the game out kenrich williams we talked about the other day massive in this game you really can't say enough about him and he just scored two points he was one of two from the field but he finished with nine rebounds he had two blocks in this one a steal just all around good defense 
a tremendous game from Kenny Hustle, even if he doesn't put up the points. Jackson Hayes, a bit of a rougher go, at least defensively in this one. Seven points on the night for him, just four rebounds. Got kind of worked defensively a little bit too. Overall, though, fairly balanced game. Uh, went for a huge dunk on the first play that, unfortunately for him, got blocked from behind, but still pretty cool to see. J.J. Redick was outstanding shooting the ball in this. He is basically on fire over the past couple of games. 26 points on the night, five rebounds, two assists, finished five of eight from the uh, three-point line, 10 of 14 overall. Drew Holiday, very aggressive in this game, especially in the third quarter, really came out to play and set the tone, not looking to set up others necessarily, but looking to go get his points and be aggressive and break down the defense, and it paid dividends here. 23 points on the night, 10 of 19 shooting, just one of four from deep, finished with four rebounds, but nine assists, five turnovers. It's a little bit higher than you'd like, but overall, if he's going to give you 23-9, you can live with that. He was looking to score. Yes, he got the assists there, but that's because of him driving and attacking, and it's not necessarily you know from anything else. That's where he is his best. He was his best in this game. Nicolo Melli off the bench, nine points for the Pelicans, hitting a couple of threes out there, grabbing a couple of boards. He looks much improved, like he's got his confidence back. Lonzo Ball came back healthy for this game off the bench only playing about 20 minutes or so they said eight points on the night for him five assists two of seven from deep he hit his first three then took a couple of really ill-advised ones I don't like the dancing step back that he likes to do seven is probably too many I don't mind him shooting threes but drive an attack instead of doing that Frank Jackson off the bench too getting a little bit of fewer minutes now that Lonzo Ball's back he finished with just two points on the night 0 for 4 um, and had a bit of a rough night in this one each one more was kind of your big guy off the bench your big guy your your best player off the bench getting 25 minutes 19 points on the night five rebounds two assists he was three of five from deep eight of 12 overall it was kind of all over the place when he misses it's not great for New Orleans, but he can be that kind of energy guy a little bit off the bench who's just kind of a solid contributor. We thought his minutes might drop in this one uh, with the return of Lonzo Ball, but it was actually Nikhil Alexander-Walker who kind of got the short end of it playing under two minutes in this game for the Pelicans. On the flip side, for the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker did not do a ton of damage in this game for him. 19 points for him, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, 6 turnovers. He was 7-14 from the field. Kelly Oubre Jr. was their go-to score. 25 points on the night, um, but an inefficient shooting night for him. Rookie uh, Cam Johnson made the Pelicans pay a couple of times. He hit three threes in the first half when left wide open with defense defensive miscues made the Pelicans pay but that was somewhat the extent of it though he did manage to get to the line but it was really just a scoring night for him and after that they just kind of got some solid contributions for McCall Bridges from Elliot Kobo and that was it Check Diallo also playing against his former team here in this one finished with eight points on the night four of five including an absolute monster dunk from him um, on the alley-oop wondered if he was going to do the Wakanda forever he didn't 
That was kind of disappointing to see. The Pelicans turned the ball over a decent bit in this one, 18 times compared to just 14 for the Phoenix Suns, though when the Phoenix Suns did turn it over, the Pelicans were able to get out and run a little bit um, and just generally play some pretty good offense. Helps when you're shooting as well as they did too. 45.7% from deep, really carried there by J.J. Redick and Brandon Ingram. Both those guys just lighting it up. Very good to see overall. Look, this is a tough Phoenix Suns team that puts up a lot of points there at home. Your role players play better at home. Getting a win, even if it is just a 124-121 win, counts all the same as if you blow out the team. Let's take it. Let's move on because there's two other tough road games coming up. But good performances by a number of guys for the Pelicans last night. We'll talk a little bit more about the game, including the defense, Brandon Ingram, second half, and a couple of other topics coming up in just a moment. But before we do that, attention past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, also, congrats! My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code. Locked on NBA and my bookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar. That is free money for you to jumpstart your bankroll right there. And that's on top of the risk free bet as well. Let me repeat that. That's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Continuing to look at the Pelicans' 124-120 win over the Phoenix Suns to make it three straight and go to 6-9 and nine on the season, getting back into the playoff conversation. Also, it is still unbelievably early, just 15 games into an 82-game schedule. Besides the point, let's look at Drew Holiday, who was excellent in this game, being aggressive Drew Holiday, which is what we all want to see from him. He was fantastic in this one, scoring 23 points on the night. Um, of those, I believe I've got to pull the numbers. I just had them. Hold on. His points in the paint in this one, 16 of his 23. Basically, again, all in the restricted area, not just in the paint, not those long paint shots. He had maybe one of them, if you really want to count it early on or like middle of the first quarter, um, if I remember correctly. But otherwise, it was him living at the rim and getting down low towards the restricted area. That's awesome. Other than that, it was a three uh, that he made, but they reversed to a two because his foot was on the line. And then a bunch of three-point attempts. It's a good shot chart, and you can see it works when he drives, when he attacks, when he decides he's going to be the man. And by looking for his shot first and trying to score and be that guy, he ended up with nine assists. Almost by accident, not quite by accident, you get what I mean, but it wasn't like he was looking to pass first, get those assist numbers, kind of like what Lonzo Ball does at times. 
This was Drew Holiday attacking, and then it bends the defense, breaks the defense, and creates for others that way. He was great in this one. Also great in this in this one was Brandon Ingram. After getting off to a very, very slow start on the night, he really came alive. His first half numbers, he was one of seven. 0 for 2 from deep. He did, he was aggressive in getting fouled and got to the free throw line um, and made 6 of 8 there. But in the second half, he stayed aggressive and his shot started falling. He was 7 of 10 in the second half, 3 of 4 from deep, and he got to the free throw line one time late in the game on a real big and one when he drove and then made it. And then coming out of a timeout, Alvin Gentry drew up a perfect play late in the fourth quarter to get a big bucket for the Pels that was a dunk to him just coming through the lane because no one decided to look for him really and it was awesome he had a big big night in this one 15 points in the fourth quarter for him to really help the Pelicans seal this victory you need a guy like this you need a guy that can just go out and create. He had a bunch of off of isolation possessions in the fourth quarter to the point where, you know, we don't really like isolation possessions, right? But you trust Brandon Ingram to go and do that late in the fourth quarter. And in fact, that's probably better than passing the ball and risking a turnover when you have to get a bucket. And he provides that. He is just the guy, that closer that every team wishes they would have. It's Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans right now, and he really came alive, particularly in the fourth, to almost carry this team to victory, knowing what his role was and going out and just doing it. That's exactly what you want to see from him, and it is so unbelievably awesome to see him grow into this and the type of player that he is this year. Wasn't great on the boards overall in this one. New Orleans wasn't great in general on the boards in this one, which is... A bit concerning, but overall they kind of limited the damage that Phoenix could do with that. So I'll take his scoring because that was how you were going to win this game. Defensively, the team was not outstanding, let's say. It's still very much a work in progress on that side of the ball. But one thing you'll notice, shorter defensive rotations. That is so important for this team, particularly with these young guys who don't have chemistry, don't know how to communicate. But now the Pelicans are communicating more. Their defensive rotations are shorter. It's not, you know, four or five guys having to rotate because you're taking a big and trying to trap the ball handler. They've gone away from that scheme. It's now maybe two or three rotations instead of four or five. That is a whole lot easier to maintain because long rotations, you're going to get burned eventually. Now New Orleans isn't going through all of that. They're able to contain some of the damage. They're limiting points in the paint. They're limiting some of those three-point shots that were wide open at times on the perimeter and kind of clamping down on that. They're not great defensively yet, but you see the communication, particularly on switches. They're not great at fighting through screens. That's what they're trying to do, so it creates some issues at times. But overall, it is an improvement, and it's a noticeable improvement and I think that's maybe the biggest thing. Short rotations. Just keep this scheme. And maybe we can see this Pelicans defense get right back into the middle of everything and be a respectable defense as the season goes on. So a big weekend coming up for the Pelicans as they go on the road to take on the Utah Jazz 
on Saturday night. Then a second night of a back-to-back against the Los Angeles Clippers. Woof. That is a rough road trip before coming home, taking on the Los Angeles Lakers Wednesday. Then Friday, day after Thanksgiving, taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll look at that stuff next week. We'll probably have some intermittent schedule in terms of podcasting too with the holiday. But let's look upcoming what's going on. The Utah Jazz on Saturday. This is going to be a tough one. Jazz have one of the better home court advantages in the league. They're also kind of a revamped team that look a little bit different. They're currently 9-5 and five in the Western Conference. That puts them at, where is it here? I just lost it but had it. Uh, fifth in the Western Conference right now. They've got some new faces that we're not expecting to see there almost. Mike Conley, they traded for in the offseason. Bojan Bogdanovic, they signed as a free agent. That move basically sent Derek Favors here to New Orleans. Both of them have been pretty good for the Utah Jazz this year. Bogdanovich averaging 20.5 points per game alongside four rebounds per. He's also shooting 45% from deep. Mike Conley giving them 15 points, four assists, three rebounds, shooting a little bit worse than his career. He's at times struggled to adapt and just to the new environment. I think he's had a couple of games where he's like one for 15 or so. But we know who he is. He is an established guy even at age 32 and is going to put up some big numbers for him. They're anchored down low by Rudy Gobert. Hopefully Derek Favors comes back for this game. We don't know just yet, though. Some of these guys are on the mend and going to be returning soon because Rudy Gobert is going to take Jackson Hayes' long lunch if that's going to be the case or maybe Okafor can come back one of those two ideally favors because Jackson Hayes is going to have his hands full I'm going to be curious to see when they do get get minutes on the court together can he get around some of the defense that Rudy Gobert provides he's been efficient in that dunker spot to the left and right side of the basket can you do that when you've got the two-time defending uh, defensive player of the year out there not so sure And how does he do offensively against him? Can he still get some points? Is he going to struggle rebounding? These are the type of battles that he's going to see in his future, years from now too, of course. So he's got to try and get those right now when he can. New Orleans should see their defense improve in this one. The Utah Jazz do not play fast. They're bottom third in the league when it comes to pace. They're bottom five when it comes to offense. Their defense is Unbelievably outstanding, best or second best in the league, depending where you look. They rebound well defensively. They force you to turn the ball over a little bit at times. Uh, And yeah, they are pretty good in that regard. So this is going to be a tough one. They can guard multiple positions. They can take away the rim for you. You know, New Orleans has a chance. Their offense can really compete with anyone in the league, particularly when they have hot shooting like we've seen. This will be a fun one to watch. Then on the second night of a back-to-back, the Pelicans take on the Los Angeles Clippers. They just spoiled the return of Chris Paul here last week in the Smoothie King Center. But the Clippers now have both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back. It does not look like, well, it's not. It looks like both will probably play in this game, most likely. They're not playing on a back-to-back or anything here. So they'll have had a day off, meaning they're probably going to get both of their studs back out on the court. 
can be really tough. They looked very good the other night when they finally got to play together. Now they'll have a few practices under their belt. This could be a big problem. Paul George gives the Clippers everything they were lacking. Reliable three-point shooting, a little bit of playmaking, and good defense. And that's kind of the areas where they've struggled. He fills in pretty nicely on this one. You have to be stout on the defensive boards in this because they're the second best offensive rebounding team putting up bunches of second chance points and also getting to the foul line so if all of a sudden you give up an offensive board and you hack the guy they're going to the line and all of a sudden they're going to be in the bonus putting you in a little bit of a situation you don't want to be in but they don't shoot well so if you clamp down on them they might miss some shots you've just got to corral those get the defensive board terminate end those possessions and get out and run no other real big injuries other than Landry Shamit for the Los Angeles Clippers. The Pelicans might get another guy or two back for this one as well, so they might be coming in with some reinforcements a little bit healthier than they've been. We'll wait and see. Those can fluctuate on a day-to-day basis. But the Jazz coming up, the Clippers before finally coming back home in the middle of next week right before Thanksgiving. It's a tough weekend. These are two rough games to have on a back-to-back, but you know what? Just get them out of the way. You won't have to do this again in the future, so I think that's a pretty good thing. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday to recap the weekend. 